Ernest Menville. I did it. I didn't think I'd be able to, but I did it. I pushed her down the stairs, and she is absolutely stone cold. And she was saying the most monstrous things, and she's dead, and I did it. And I didn't think I'd be able to, but I just had this feeling inside of me that I couldn't contain. And we're free, Helen, but I'm afraid I'm going to burn in hell because her neck is broken, and there's no pulse, and she's dead. Exactly which part of the plan were you unclear on? Hey everyone, welcome to The Boot! That's right, it's The Boot. We are recasting classic movie reboots, so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. Guys, it's October! <laughs> the spooky time. It's the spooky time. I don't know why you think that's so funny. I, I just it, you said it the first week of October, and now it's just like stuck in my head all month. Um, and that means Ken and I are going through a couple of great horror films for you this month uh, to put you in the mood for. I was almost going to say trick or treating, but you probably shouldn't be doing that. I'm assuming you're all adults. That'd be fun though if adults could go trick or treating. Drinking, I thought, was trick or treat for adults. Okay. Um, <laughs> Sad trick-or-treating. This week, Ken and I are talking about the 1992 horror comedy Death Becomes Her, starring Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, Isabella Rossellini, and Ian Oglevy? Ogilvy? Ovaltine? <laughs> um, but before Ken and I take these characters and reboot them as if this movie was to be remade today, we're going to get into some news, right? Yeah, we got some – we have lots of news. We have lots of news. Some horror news, really. Um, <clears throat> five studios trying to catch Train to Busan remake. Gary Doberman scripting, James Wan producing zombie thriller. The hot package du jour is Train to Busan, a remake of the 2016 Korean film that Gary Doberman will write and which James Wan will produce alongside Gamont. Doberman has a very hot hand, having scripted the recent The Nun and coming on the heels of his script work on the Andy Muschietti-directed It and its sequel. Five studios ha have been in the mix on the hot property, but we're hearing New Line Cinema has taken the pole position on acquiring the remake. The original was directed by, and I'll try my best here, San Ho Hyun, Yeon, and was a monster hit in South Korea, grossing $85 million overseas and only $2 million in the U.S. And only $2 million in the U.S. That's pretty good for a foreign film. The setup, while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. I saw this movie on Netflix. I saw this movie... In Taiwan. Ooh. Um, brag. Yeah. That wasn't even a humble brag. That was just a brag. You even went, ooh. ooh. No. Um, what did um, you think of it? I really loved this movie. I There's there's a lot of it that's a little, and I don't want to be like, it's a foreign film. So in America, we do things different and better. But there was stuff that I think we would consider camp. Mm. But that I really enjoyed. I thought it was a very lovely zombie movie about a connection between a father and his daughter. This summer. Sweetie, please stay right here, okay? Nobody's here. Please help me. What I also loved, and which is also very not really very American of this film, uh, what this film did was... It took a lot of time, almost painstakingly too much time on maybe like 15 characters mm -hmm. and like four or five different storylines. And in the beginning, it just sort of feels like, why are we paying attention to like the high school baseball team? Why are we paying attention to mm -hmm. like this sort of machismo, popped collar father to be and his wife? And then as the infection spreads from the caboose to the engine, which is yeah. really fun. Sort of like a Snowpiercer-esque kind of thing. It is. All of these characters become so important to you and and mm -hmm. the story that you're just like, man, this is 
they really took their time to set up exactly what was going to get paid off. Yeah. Um, the dad character was kind of a, kind of a nerd. You didn't like it? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I, have, I, I don't, don't want to like ruin anything, but there's a part like when every, cause I mean, it's a zombie movie. So people start like dropping off mm-hmm. mid movie. And I think one of the most impactful deaths, re- it was, it was just such an emotional moment. I, you have to go watch it. Cause yeah. I found myself being like, wow, I'm so connected to these characters but you have so much fun watching them try to make it. Yeah, try it's to a, It's a great movie. And honestly, I don't think... I'm not a huge fan of this thing where we take really recent foreign horror movies and just try to make an American version of it. Because mm-hmm. um, that's kind of unnecessary. Like, this movie sits on its own in Korean by itself just fine. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised that they're remaking this, though, because this movie inadvertently maybe helped push this very podcast into being i remember watching this movie and afterwards with friends we would we were like having dinner and we immediately started recasting it like it just it just lended itself to like mm-hmm. we enjoyed it so much that we were like america needs to see this movie but i think our american brains were like but like who were who would like these english or american actors be to like take these sort of parts so you're right. It stands on its own, but I'm not surprised that it was greedily snatched up right away to be remade. Also, it's a little weird that we would take – this is not a very American thing. Like we have uh, like commuter trains, but the whole of the U.S. is so big that we don't use trains as readily as other countries in the world to travel from city to city. Yeah. So it's kind of a funny idea because I feel like who is – it's not like we're all like, ah, oh, yes, trains. Nobody in America is like that. <laughs> this movie remake is going to be called Amtrak to, like, Delaware. You know what I mean? Amtrak to Philly. Everybody in America has been like, you know what? I want to take a train ride someday. Every single person. Have you never been on a train? Not, like, across the country. Oh. But I have in Europe. What about, like, the surf liner do. down to San Diego? Have you ever done that? No. Oh, it's it's actually a great ride but i love long drives so i don't mind mm. i don't mind taking the drive to old san diego all right up next exclusive is it aubrey plaza brian tyree henry and talks to star in child's play reboot mgm's child's play reboot has found its leads on fx apparently as Aubrey Plaza of Legion and Brian Tyree Henry of Atlanta are in negotiations to star in the killer doll movie. Lars Klevberg, is that right? Mm-hmm. Who directed the as yet unreleased horror movie Polaroid, looks very interesting, is set to direct from a script by Tyler Burton Smith, who wrote Kung Fury 2, naturally. Production will start soon in Vancouver. The contemporary reboot is believed to follow a group of kids, a la It and Stranger Things, and a technologically advanced doll that enters their world. The original 1988 movie followed a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray, who casts a spell that traps his soul inside of the body of a good guy doll named Chucky, which is then given to a young boy. Okay, this article says production will start soon. But since this article came out maybe a week ago, production has started. Yeah. Like they are shooting this movie. Yeah. I, I Did we talk about this on another podcast or did we push it and then suddenly it was like, hey, we're casting and then it just started? No, because I keep track of all the stuff okay. we talk about on the – But it really felt like within a week time, it was like, hey, Aubrey Plaza is going to be in the Child's Play remake. And then it just – And, and then, then the like next also... thing was like – uh, camera started rolling. We're like, oh, I'm, great. <laughs> this does happen sometimes where like 
studios will hold casting news. Like these people have probably been attached for months. And then whenever they get the green light to to let the rest of the world know, it sort of comes out. But they could have been working on this for a long time. Does that happen? It's, like that's why I feel like so shocked that this – I mean it happens in TV. Yeah, but I'm, I feel like movies, like people just leak stuff and they, they like – because they need to build the box office earlier that they're like, hey, this star, A star is attached, B star is attached, X director is coming on. And it's like to start generating some kind of buzz. This was just like, hey, we're doing it. These are the people and cameras start tomorrow. And I was like, oh. I mean, it's not like they need our approval, but. I don't remember a single thing about Child's Play. Um, I remember thinking that the weirdest thing is how Chucky talks. You mean I have to live out the rest of my life in this body? No fucking way! You got me into this, you get me out. Because it was 1988, and at first you're just supposed to be like, oh, he's a good guy doll. The doll is called good guy. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just something so odd about how his mouth, it doesn't articulate, but it like moves under the plastic. And I was like, this is obviously like a convention of the fact that he's going to become... A, a doll that needs to talk. Yeah. It's just kind of funny because I was like, you can't. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. I wasn't alive in 1988, <laughs> but that's just not that's not how that's not how dolls talked. That's not how dolls talked. <laughs> no, did you ever have a talking doll? No. Hmm. I, I can't remember. Like a Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, I mean, he had the jaw that was sort of separated, so it like flapped up and down. I had a Cabbage Patch Kid, but they didn't talk. Yeah, no, they didn't talk. Um, for a brief minute, I thought Child's Play was Problem Child, and I was like, oh, interesting, interesting cast for this. Huh. It's weird that they're moving and grooving on a Problem Child remake. <laughs> huh. Okay, guys, let's get into the reboot of Death Becomes Her. But before we can, uh, before you go out into the wilderness, kind of hit him with the rules. What is that? I don't know. What I was trying to make a trick-or-treat thing, but that doesn't work. It's like, what does that have to do with Death Becomes Her? This is a podcast best listened to with an open IMDb. We may talk about some people you've never heard of and you're going to want to look them up. We will be talking about a movie that you may not have seen. So if you haven't seen Death Becomes Her, pause us right now and go watch it. I was able to stream this free online very easily. I don't know if we should say that, but that's how I watched it. Now to the rules. Rule number one, no remakes, reboots, or long lost sequels. We can't do a movie that has already been redone in the last 20 years. This includes franchises like... Child's Play that pop back up with sequels every few decades. Or reboots that just appear. Yeah. With, yeah, with there's no probably, warning. There's probably going to be like six different Chuckies too. Rule number two, no imaginary casting. Our dream cast must be made up of actors that are alive and working today. And rule number three, no tender casting. We can't cast someone just based on how they look. You have to have seen their work and be able to vouch for their talent. So no casting gorgeous, talented surgeons like Bruce Willis. How often has this man played a doctor of some sort? Oh, yeah, like, right. do we believe that? Do we believe Bruce Willis is a doctor? No. It's like no. how in Sixth Sense, like, I feel like he's just like, yeah, he's a he's, he's a, a child psychologist. Or what was the other movie we were talking what? about? Like the the like action movie where he just goes around like. Killing people, oh, vigilante uh, justice, de uh, death wish, death wish. Yeah, yeah. He's supposed to be a doctor. No, he's I'm not. Sorry. Bruce Willis is not a doctor. All right, guys. This is the reboot of Death Becomes Her. <laughs> you took the potion. How do you know about that? <gasps> you took the potion too. Well, I hardly needed it. So that's why you look the way you do. 
Then you are dead. When did you take it anyway? October 26, 1985, way before you. What are you two talking about? The potion. What potion? How much did you have? Everything I had, and that was cheap. You took a potion. Beauty book my butt. Wait a second. Free weights, exercise. I don't think this is a miracle at all. You're a fraud, Helen. You're a walking lie, and I can see right through you. (laughs) Speaking of which, as a friend, some advice. I would stay out of a bathing suit. For a while, <laughs> at least two piece. <laughs> or if I damn, I just fixed this. Death becomes her, directed by Robert Zemeckis, director of such classic movies as Back to the Future, my favorite, Forrest Gump, and Contact. Which I didn't realize. Love contact. Love contact. Uh, even though it's we like do four contact. hour. Yeah, but it's like a three and a half hour long movie. It's great though. It's great. Yeah, I mean, we should just put in the effort. We did Titanic. It's only fair. Yeah, that's true. Stars Meryl Streep as Madeline Ashton, Goldie Hawn as Helen Sharp, Bruce Willis as Dr. Ernest Menville, Isabella Rossellini, as David Letterman used to say, as Liesel von Ruman, and Ian Ogilvy as Dr. Chagall. Is he a doctor? I thought he was. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's just called Chagall. Let's just say he's Chagall. Stephen Chagall. Why are there so many doctors in this movie? Because this movie is about beauty and plastic surgery and trying to be young forever. Have you have you seen this movie before, right? I haven't. This is oh, my really? first watch. What did, so why don't you start it? What did you think about this crazy um, movie I made you watch? It, it was funny. I can't believe Meryl Streep is in this movie. I can't believe that Meryl Streep is in this movie with Bruce Willis. I can't believe that Meryl Streep and Bruce Willis are in this movie with Goldie Hawn. <laughs> it is insane. Like, I this movie won an Oscar for its VFX work. Yeah. And I was reading in the trivia that it says that they used some of the things they came up with during the creation of this movie to work on Jurassic Park. Yeah. What? Yeah, this was like one of ILM's like this was actually like you could test say movies. This movie was like groundbreaking that it was <laughs> I know. like. <laughs> and on top of that, so Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, does Bruce Willis have an Oscar? I I don't think There's so. There's like three Oscar award winners in this movie. So like, oh, um, Sidney Pollack. Oh right, Sidney Pollack. Every time I saw his name in the credits, when I would be like scrolling through the IMDb, I would be like, yeah, yeah, he's in this movie. He's in this movie for like five minutes, and you're like, man, he was a good actor. Your body temperature's below eighty, and your 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 heart stopped beating. What the hell does that mean exactly? Exactly what I think. I'm gonna get a second opinion. And he wasn't even like an actor; he was like a director who yeah, was just he was just, he just kind of a it. kind of a funny guy. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen this movie in so many years, but I always loved it because I loved the dynamic between Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn. Um, watching it recently, I was kind of like, I don't know how this movie plays sort of in 2018 about like two self-absorbed women. I guess they're not really fighting for a man; they're just fighting to like out. Uh, hurt the other woman See, by stealing him away from I'm each other. I'm not mad at this movie. You you warned me. You were like, I don't know if you're gonna appreciate this, but I'm not mad at this movie because one, the let the lesson of eternal youth and uh, desiring eternal beauty being ultimately something you don't want. Yeah, like that's just it's something that every generation like we we can't get rid of that curse. Uh, but also, it's interesting how. 
like Bruce Willis sort of starts the feud between them, but ultimately they're like, we could kill him. And then they're like, well, we can't kill him because he's the one who can keep us looking young because we've died. And so it's interesting how it turns from this sort of, um, like Goldie Hawn talking about how she has to do the the Madeline Ashton test with all her with all her boyfriends because Madeline might steal them. Like it goes from being that kind of movie to then these women just being like, no, 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 we want to be young and beautiful forever. And if we have to keep this man around to do it, then that's what we're going to do. And so it doesn't become any sort of like romantic thing. They're yeah. just like, we are going to use him. And I, I think that's a really fascinating turn. And I think it it could actually be a really fun movie, especially if you played it more uh, towards the the camp of it. I think it could be a really great remake. Let's remake yeah, this movie. Let's remake it. I think we have to start with, you know, the queen herself, Meryl Streep, who starts this movie as an actress doing a performance of a musical mm-hmm. of an adaptation of a Tennessee Williams play, which is such of like a meta on meta on meta sandwich yeah. for this podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but she is so good in this. I mean, she's good in every movie she's in, but I think you're right. Like just like watching her go from her normal Meryl Streep performance of like, I'm a superficial vain actress who's mm-hmm. losing it to you. Literally there's scenes of her head spinning around and like, Oh my gosh. Um, it's a little bit like uh, Anthony Hopkins and Dracula, where there are so many scenes where you're like, this movie is kind of nonsense, but she is so good that in every scene she's in, you're like, no, but Meryl Streep's a good actress. Yeah. Like, this is good because she is good. You're so negative. Can't you for once just let me enjoy the moment? Neighbors! In 12 years in Los Angeles, have you ever seen a neighbor? Okay, so for my Madeline, I wanted to pick... Uh, I mean, somebody who is a, a movie star. Yeah. I think you have to pick someone who has that like Hollywood actress, good looks, mm-hmm. um, but who is a little older. I don't think I realized because Meryl Streep looks fantastic in this movie. Yeah. She is in her 40s. Yeah, she's 43. Goldie Hawn was 47. And I really... They both looked amazing. I really love that it wasn't like this sort of thing of like, oh, they're playing 40, but we cast them young so that they could look vibrant. Because I don't know, there are a lot of people like cheating the aging process right now. So um, I liked that a lot. I wanted to cast somebody um, in their 40s as well who is just stunning and in a way that is good. I don't want to sound... um, anti-feminist but she could steal any man she wanted okay theoretically okay Um, i picked Charlize theron yeah she was on my list i'm worried my list isn't going to be as good as your list i i because i i the shadow of Marilyn casts so long that um yeah i don't know i'm a little intimidated but she's perfect for this role also because you sort of have to pick somebody who like meryl has this like She's a great dramatic actress, but she's got a flair for comedy that she doesn't show very often. And when she does, you're like, wow, she's funny, too. Yeah. The the thing that intimidated me from picking her is like, like, I can't imagine her. This is a weird thing to say. I can't imagine her having a best friend in a movie. Does that make sense? <laughs> Helen, darling, 12 years, 12 long years. Years and look at you. You have a waist. Oh, 
maniacal evil, but mm-hmm. also when she takes the potion and she starts witnessing this sort of fantastical thing, that's definitely within her, her range and wheelhouse. I can't. Did you? I'm a girl. Now a warning. Now a warning? I probably will have more to say about uh, Madeline, but I feel like we should talk about Helen too because these these women are so intrinsically like – it's like spy versus spy. You know what I mean? Like you can't have one without the other. It's interesting because I feel like I didn't take as many notes about Madeline, but there were – Helen's story is very dark. The scene where they're trying to like evict her and she's just like sitting and eat, eating – what is she eating? Is she just eating like a lard? <laughs> she's like – in her apartment yeah. in her studio apartment and she's gained like yes. 200 pounds she and she did. opens a cabinet and there's just like a cat inside of it oh my gosh but i legitimately like i was like did i miss something is she just eating like crisco i think out so of a- yeah for a second i thought it was icing and i was like girl we have all been there but like crisco i don't i don't remember but it. it's so it's so dark because she's like literally rewinding a portion of a, a show or a movie that madeline is in where she gets strangled to death over and over. And I didn't expect this movie to go there, but it did. <laughs> the insane and asylum. And then fast forward to the insane asylum where her doctor, who is not a good doctor, Mm-mm. is just like, what's wrong with you? You're not you're not trying hard enough. Like you should be more better along. You haven't <laughs> lost a single pound. And I was like, what kind of place is this? What kind of therapy is this but i love how all the other inmates they go insane like they're not insane because of the like we were talking about insane people for bram stoker's dracula like they're not just like insane bug eating insane people yeah they're insane because she won't stop talking Talking about about madeline and i just love that moment where they just she says her name and they're like (laughs) is there um anything you'd like to talk about with the group I would like to talk about Madeline. I love when Helen shows up at the at her book signing and she she has like all this power and she wields it very well. Mm-hmm. And then she's like starting to go down this sort of like dark plot to kill Madeline. Um, and so I needed someone who could. Um, could maybe make Madeline sh- – could probably like shake Madeline. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when she sees her, she's just like, holy shit, like was not expecting this. She looks great. I picked Rose Byrne. That's good. Thank you. That's good. So now you see the two like chocolate Together. and peanut butter. No, I think those are both really solid choices, especially because, well, that they're sort of interchangeable in the way that Helen's comedy is way more broad. Like she's literally in a fat suit. Yeah. And she's like scaling over walls and like, yeah, in, a, in like a cat suit and yeah. a beret. And so honestly, like either of these women, I could see doing that. But I think Rose Byrne is so good at this sort of like mom comedy of it all. Yeah. And that like you see her and you're like, eh, like she's probably not she's probably not that wacky. Yeah. But then there are like scenes in Bridesmaids where you're like, wow, she is hysterical. Yeah. I, both these women have done like really dark, not dark, really like serious drama mm-hmm. roles. But then they also do like. Rose Byrne was in like two neighbors movies yeah <laughs> and crushed it and then is now in that like Mark Wahlberg foster foster family movie which yeah, is sure, really strange um <laughs> so that's who I picked because I and I 
I love Rose Byrne, I think because of that. And I just think these two women together could could create both that comedy and drama fireworks that you mm-hmm. kind of need for this weird kind of campy horror yeah. special effect movie. Yeah. It has yeah, it has to be two people that you can see being friends and see being enemies and can see being frenemies oh that moment so like the the moment at the end when they reconcile just before they reconcile Mm -hmm. and madeline makes helen admit that she the whole reason they're doing this yeah is because madeline knows that helen thought that she was like trash you're avoiding the issue you told my boyfriends to hurt me on purpose i did not admit it no you admit it you look me in the eye and you admit you thought i was Okay. I thought you were cheap. And I think that's that's sort of what like Rose Byrne did in Bridesmaids, you know, that like upper class yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Who'd you get? Um, Who'd you got? Who'd you got? Who'd you got? I feel like I picked a really interesting pair, but every time I imagine them together, I was like, this is this is to me is sort of like a a Merrill and Goldie pairing, because one of them is going to be way more broad than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I picked Taraji P. Henson, mm. who, when I thought about her, should this storyline in the remake be the same? When I thought about her being in just like a jumbo fat suit <laughs> and then like showing up in a red dress to her party. I was like, I I love the visual of this. Like I can see 100% see her being both halves of the character, the sort of like insane one half yeah. and, and cat burglar second half yeah um and i liked it i love i love the career that taraji is having right now um i think i think this is like on her trajectory wait isn't she an oscar winner taraji yeah um or was she just nominated let's no see. she's an oscar winner for um hustle and flow no I just, best supported nominated for benjamin button really she she's super talented and she's super funny and i think if you give her something like this and lots of fun people to play off of yeah she's gonna be hysterical yeah i thought about her for uh a little bit it was hard like when you get like two roles like this it's just like sort of shuffling a lot of different people but she's so good yeah and whoever you pick for Ernest, I, I feel so bad for because, like, these women would tear him well, it, apart. Well, I definitely t- – uh, we'll get into it. Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into Ernest. Because I definitely feel like I played into that. When you have two sort of alpha females um, who in their prime, which they're in, yeah. could literally eat a man alive, <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I had to – play into that especially because bruce willis plays such a such a wimp and i like <laughs> madeline takes him to town on the flaccid insult you're a tragic boozy flaccid clown watch that's it, it flaccid watch what you say man. flaccid watch what you flaccid. say Madeline. i don't have to take this anymore I don't have to take this any longer! Oh yeah, you'll take it. You'll take everything I have to give. You always have. You're not even a man anymore. And I need a man. A real man, not some drunken, broken down, flaccid undertaker. She says it so many times. I was like, wow, some writer really just needed to get it out. Um, But he's so funny and like hysterical the whole time. I laughed really hard when 
he kept saying, um, it's a miracle that she, that Madeline lived and how he was like, we're going to, like, I'm going to commit to this. We're going to do this right. And then there's a point where I think it's after Goldie Hawn gets shot that he's like, I don't think this is a miracle at all. <laughs> and it's so, he's funny. He's so funny. He's so funny. The doctor's office scene is so funny when these two doctors are freaking out. <laughs> Oh, I, no, no. When he when he goes and he sees that the doctor who checked over Madeline is dead, dead. from yes. shock. Suddenly. He goes back in and Madeline is gone. And the doctor who comes in is like, she's dead, sir. They took her to the morgue. The morgue? She'll be furious. <laughs> Bruce Willis, what a, what a fascinating career this man has had. Why isn't he doing comedy right now? I don't Why know. at his age is he not just like, why are we not putting him in really outrageous comedies? You know what he needs? A Christmas movie. Will somebody please write Bruce Willis a Christmas Die movie? Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Well, <laughs> well, apparently. I think, I just think it would be, he, you know, let's give him a Santa Claus. Tim Allen doesn't deserve a Santa Claus. Bruce Willis deserves Like a bad a Santa? Santa? Like he takes no. over bad Santa? No. Okay. No. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so pick? I picked someone who I think has accepted what his career maybe was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think has played a little bit into it in the role he's currently playing on television, but who I think would be really funny in this part. Cause I think I could just see him because I'm fine with someone even just like mimicking sort of the energy that Bruce Willis brought to it. I picked James Marsden. Mm, I love James Marsden. I do too. And I think on Westworld, we're getting to see him sort of poke fun at this uh, sort of overlooked hero role he tends to take where he's just not he's not the lead but he i think there's he recognizes the characters that he's played and i think this would be a really fun way for him to poke fun at the idea that like yeah standing next to these women like he really doesn't stand a chance i would love this i love this pick because i want to i do want to see james marsden stretch into that neurotic washed out character that bruce plays because Mm -hmm. like one of my favorite moments is when they go when the maid brings Ernest his breakfast. Like Madeline's like, go bring him his breakfast. And she brings him like a tall glass of scotch. And he like wakes <laughs> up and he's like, ah. Um, but like he increasingly just gets like more and more manic mm-hmm. at, throughout this whole thing because he, you know, he's he's like the audience sort of a little bit of like what's like really he, you know, we get we get the fun of watching him see right. what we already know in real time. Yes. Uh, and I don't think Marsden plays anything like that, but he is very good. And I really, I mean, him in 30 Rock is so funny. He's funny in a way that like he hasn't really cut loose. Like his movie yeah. roles are very, uh, very straight down the line. He, he's got that Jude Law syndrome where he's too pretty. He's too pretty. He's too pretty for what? For these like comedy movies that he probably would be great in. So like, you know how Jude but- Law is too pretty to have played any of these like weird characters that he's now playing now but well okay i guess that makes sense because like james marsden and jude law are the same age yeah so why not let's give james marsden i agree let's make james marsden young dumbledore let's make james i'm kidding i don't want that (laughs) let's make james marsden old harry potter (laughs) and they time travel and he meets young dumbledore that would be kenna's greatest fantasy 
Um, okay, well, I definitely didn't pick a as beautiful man as James Marsden. Um, I picked a comedian, mm-hmm. like a straight comedian, who's now slowly doing more inadvertently dramatic things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and recently won an Emmy for his comedy show, Barry. I picked Bill Hader. Mm, that's a really good choice. Thank you. I just like the idea of Ernest being someone who with no power. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of like what Bill does in, in Barry. Like he's he's always just told what to do. Mm-hmm. And I like that of Ernest, like when he's constantly, you know, he's choosing one woman over the other because they're, they're it's, it's weird. It's like, it's not really his choice. Like, First, he's with Helen and then Madeline lures him away and then he's with Madeline and he hates being with her. And he, and then Helen shows up and he's like, I made a mistake. And then he realizes like these women don't really want him at all. They just need him to like spray paint their bodies. And he's been – he has killed himself to be in a relationship with Madeline and it's ruined him. And when he thought he had a chance to go back to Helen, he was like, oh, great. And now his life is just going to be a continuing nightmare. Yeah. And he sees that. And it's so sad, but funny. Well, do you know what they call someone who sticks by their word no matter what? At the cost of everything else. Do you know? No. An idiot. Well, from now on, I'm going to be the kind of idiot I want to be. An idiot with a modicum of pride. Because you know what? I finally realized something. I've lived up to my promise. Till death do us part. No, I think that's great. I think Bill Hader 100% could do this and do it well. Yeah. Is there anything else about Ernest or should we keep going? I don't know if this is technically about Ernest, but I would like, please, world, an edit of that stair fall that lasts like 20 minutes. Oh, of Madeline's? Yeah. She fell for way too long. Uh, You're a true crime aficionado. Mm -hmm. Uh, The stairs. The staircase. The staircase. Uh, Which happened first, this or that? Um, Was this this. based on that or was that? No, the staircase happened. Because I watched that. I was like, didn't this actually happen? Like some guy like pushed his wife down the stairs or didn't push his wife down the stairs? 2001. Uh, is when that murder happened. But that moment where it's like she, she's like suspended basically on yes. the ledge for what seems like two minutes. And he's just like, uh, boink. boink. <laughs> then it was like you just kept looking at the how long the stairs were. And the edit was just like. It was like a bag she of fell, basketballs. For she like felt 20 so minutes. long. She felt for so long. I loved it. Yeah, let's move on to Liesel von Hohmann, mm. who I guess apparently initially was supposed to be a Cleopatra-like character. Yeah. So this name, this like German name doesn't really make sense, but her costuming that's very uh, Egyptian <laughs> sort of makes sense. It's weird. Like she's sort of like semi-immortal, but um, she's only like 700 years old or something like that. Only. But, you know, it's not like she's like some ancient Mesopotamian witch. She's just, you know. We don't know what she is. This one was hard because it wasn't like super hard because it's like you have to cast someone kind of exotic, someone very sexy. Mysterious and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I picked an actress who I hadn't noticed that she was in a lot of things until she was in this summer blockbuster. Blockbuster? I don't know. Well. 
Uh, I picked Gemma Chan from Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. So she like walked She's on. Great. She walked on screen in that, and everyone in the theater was suddenly like a flutter like who is this person who is this person yeah and then you look her up it's like oh she's been in like a ton of movies and now she's gonna be in i think she's gonna be in captain marvel yeah so her star is like very much on the rise but i liked her as sort of a different kind of exotic like beauty that that maybe it's not so much like 700 years for this kind of weird magic early like it doesn't feel old enough so it's mm-hmm. like well maybe if we if we pick a, like an asian actress maybe we can stretch it out to maybe a little bit Right. Pre, like maybe in, I don't know, in the BCs or whatever. But I liked her because she, um, Isabel has like this kind of like crazy facial expressions. I don't think Gemma would do that, but I think she would still bring this like mystery to her. Is it Gemma? Yeah. She's British. That's a common British name. Um, She is definitely the kind of uh, face who getting some serious time in front of large audiences this summer, I think, is going to do her good because she's stunning and talented. And she's still a little unknown. So I think people would still be like, who is? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little you've got that mysterious element a little bit. Um, I also did the same thing. I felt like I wanted somebody who I went in a slightly different direction. Uh, but I wanted somebody who I find a little bit dark mm-hmm. and a little bit mysterious, um, a, a little bit exotic in a way that I I can't quite put my finger on. Um, I picked Eva Green. Oh yeah, who is a French actress, and I see her done up in the costuming and sort of drawing out her lines and being very mysterious and i'm like 100 percent. yeah this is she what w- she lives for she would be a little more spooky you know she would yeah. put a little more horror into this sort of kind of yeah i like that kind of crazy campy like there's not a lot of jump scares it's just like people are dead like they're just, it's sort of like the living dead yeah they're zombies they're but zombies. in a funny way yeah um i like this pick she is kind of uh she seems like she could be like this all powerful. Thing she seems like she seems like a the witch. Grave. Yeah, she, seems like she a does. Sorceress. Drink. It's the right choice. The only choice. Drink. Siempre viva. Live forever. I was gonna say they should have gotten her to be Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers movie. Do you think she would have done that? Um, I don't think so. Well. Let's see. She, I mean, I mean, she did 300 Rise of an Empire. I so. mean, I love Elizabeth Banks, but her scenes in the movie are so off the charts. And it would be funny to see someone like Eva. I mean, I'm off the. Guys, go see Power Rangers. Also, if you put buy Eva, some Krispy Kreme donuts and go see put, Power Rangers. If you put Eva Green in like the the old costume and mm-hmm. you made her talk like this, yeah, like the you know, um, we I all like remember that. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Should we move on to Chagall? Yes. Who, as our fifth character, is not – he's not super present. No, he th- – okay. This is why I think we should have done this character over, say, another sort of bit role that was in this movie. Uh-huh. I think Chagall is important because he is the gatekeeper to uh, Liesel's world. He's he's right. the one who like gives Madeline the magic map. Really, he literally his like card. appears and is like, "Oh, you want to look young forever?" Here is her address. She accepts callers day or night. Uh, she's a very, very select group. You understand? 
So I think and his that, like assistant is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you're here. Wait, did so when she when he wasn't there, she had like a fake, she had like a French accent or yes. something, and then he shows up and she's like straight. I'm sorry, mid, she's I'm straight, so sorry. She's like straight Midwestern. Yeah, yeah. I I think Chagall is important because he's just kind of he's he's the appetizer to. Liesel's full course. He's the first like weird person we meet that yeah. we're like, oh, what is she about to go do? Yeah. And every other bit character is kind of a, is a doctor. Is yeah. he a doctor? Is Chagall a doctor? I always thought he was a doctor, but maybe, maybe he's just a spa owner. <laughs> uh, Similar, right? Yeah. So I think you're up. Um, okay. So I saw this as a perfect opportunity to do some stunt casting. Now, for people not in the industry, <laughs> stunt casting. Is when you hire somebody who's like more famous than how small the role is. But if the role is small enough, you just hire somebody to come in for a day and yeah. make it happen. Um, so you can hire somebody more who's a little bigger um, just to do something for slightly cheaper. Yeah. And so as soon as I was like, oh, I'm going to stunt cast somebody a little famous. I was like, I know the person who every time I see him in a movie, I'm like, huh, they got him to do this. Um, <laughs> but I enjoy it every time. I picked Lance Reddick. Hmm. Lance Reddick. Hold on, hold on. Who, Lance When Reddick. you look him up, you're going to be like, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. Fucking John Wick. Yes. Yeah. And The Wire. And I haven't seen The Wire. Everything. Yep. Um, I, I love him. And I think he, his performances are always so, they're always a little too much, which for this is going to be perfect. Yeah. What's weird is like, I don't know his work, but I know his work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always Honestly, what's so hard about these, like, if character we actors. ever, if we ever, and I mean, this is blasphemy, but if we were to ever change our beloved Barry Pepper, like, if we were ever to do a different character actor, I would posit that that person would be Lance Reddick. Ooh. All right. Audience, what do you think? Should we get rid of BP? <laughs> I mean, we're not going to do that anytime soon. As far as we know, Barry Pepper has never heard this podcast, yeah. and I'm not giving up until Barry Pepper once he hears it, heard it. Once he's heard it. We retire we'll, him. We'll toss him. Yeah. And then we'll find I think we should I think we should pick an actress after BP. Oh. Um, who's a character actress? I don't know. The it's premature. Judy Greer. <laughs> I almost picked her for this. I really wanted to. She's um, fantastic. <clears throat> again, I don't know his specific work, but I love him every time he's just like on screen because yeah, yeah he's great. Um so I picked an actor. The minute Chagall comes on screen. He's just sort of this like really weird L.A. What's the what's the word I'm searching for? Not like club douche, but he he has this like I, I, faux uh, yeah up up like high class thing about him, and then he just has like a googly eye. I don't know if you notice that. Like he what? when he speaks to Madeline about the thing, his like eye is like messed up, and I think it's like a clue that like his body's deteriorating. Right, that like eventually. Yeah, you, you have to keep up. I mean, there's lots of rules about this movie that I, I pro- the people who made it probably didn't even understand. But yeah, I think we're meant to assume that he has also used the serum, the serum, and like something happened with his eye, and he's like always worried about it. So I picked an actor who is now a very big, very famous actor, but in his past has sort of played these like weird bit roles, and he's very funny. Mm-hmm. I picked Justin Thoreau. Oh, he would he would eat this up. <laughs> Just like and you can, hi- I feel like you could literally hire Justin Thoreau for like fifty bucks and a box of pizza, and he'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll come do I'll come do a day on your movie." 
I just think he's great as just like it's the guy who would like come in and be that the guy who's just like, oh, you want to live forever? I'll show you. Like I'll show you my secrets because he he's 47. He's fucking shredded. Yeah. He's I don't know. He's 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 great. And he's so funny. He's so funny. And I really feel like there's. Because he's done it before where you see him in movies and you're like, how did they like Justin throws famous? How do they get him in yeah. here? I think he just enjoys comedy. Yeah. I think you'd do it. Um, and also selfishly, I wanted a reunion of Elizabeth Banks and Justin Thoreau from one of my favorite rom-coms, The Baxter. And, and oh, uh, yeah. You I talk about it. that a lot. I've never seen it. You got to watch it, guys. Um, well, when so, rom-com month comes, we'll throw the Baxter in there. Speaking of reunions, can we – like I'm just going to put this out into the world. Can we please have a Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis reunion movie? I don't care what it is. Can we cast them together in something Would again? it be a drama or would it be a comedy? A com- Let's put her in his Christmas movie. Some Okay. I'll just write Bruce Willis just and Meryl Streep a Christmas movie. I'll do it. I will take up the mantle, world. All right. Should we move on to uh, where does Barry Pepper go? Yeah. This was really tough. <laughs> really? Yeah, because There's I There's only like I feel six like, speaking roles I in this movie. I feel like I watched this movie three weeks ago and it was literally like last Thursday. Um, and so it, uh, this happens all the time. I'll watch a movie and then when I go to try to figure out who Barry Pepper is, yeah. I'm like, who are any of these characters? But I picked someone that this part just made me laugh and I think it would be especially funny to put a, f- a known face uh, into really any of these little cameo appearances. So I made him Elvis. Oh, from when from the like meeting where they're like some people like to appear. Yeah, he's like I couldn't help myself. I forgot that that had happened. That like all these famous people are like technically still alive, and he yeah. like runs into like, like James Jim Dean Morrison. and Jim Morrison yeah. and Marilyn Monroe. Um, that's funny. That would be funny. That would be funny if you got like all these sort of like famous people to play famous like dead famous people in yeah. the castle. That'd be funny. I just straight up gave him the ER. I gave him Sidney Pollock's role as the ER, ER doctor because I was thinking like, why not throw like a serious, serious, a, a serious actor like Barry Pepper in to do this role of just like complete and utter like shock and disbelief. I like, mean, the scene would be entirely different if it was played straighter, but there's something funny about the idea. Of it. I don't, I don't mean the scene would be played straight. I just mean that like. You give him this opportunity to be like, you're going to play a scene where like something is so unbelievable. And like the only time I remember seeing him that do that is in Monster Trucks. And that movie is so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't um, believe you saw Monster Trucks. Yeah, baby. I follow uh, DP. <laughs> anywhere. Apparently. What's funny is like I haven't seen like a lot of his better movies, but I've definitely seen Monster Truck <laughs> because of the Scorch Trials. Talk about it all the time. Um, yeah, um, that's who I picked. That's great. Thanks. Anything else about this film? Um, Do you think this movie should be remade today? Absolutely. I agree. I'll say this. I didn't love the secret society part of this movie. Like how there's like an an organization with group meetings. I, I, I don't think we needed all that. The weird like shirtless hunks who were there who are all who are named. Uh, Liesl's like doorman. <laughs> Might have been my favorite character in this. Their names are Dick, Tom, and Harry. Yeah, which is it's a hilarious <laughs> joke. But I think I think it, I think it still makes sense because like if you had the secret of youth, you're not going to run out and tell everybody because you don't want everyone to live forever. Like 
I don't know. I liked that an alternate title for this movie was It's Death, Baby. Recommended by Bruce Willis himself. The trivia said that Bruce Willis suggested two titles to Robert Zemeckis, <laughs> and both were terrible. And the worst one was like, It's Death, Baby, or like Death's Man, or something like that. And I was just like, Is Bruce Willis the like scat jazz man <laughs> that he believes he is in his, his mind? Listen, I was at Trader Joe's yesterday, and I heard Respect Yourself while I was in Trader Joe's. And guys, it's a bop. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a bop? What timeline are you from? It's a bop. I'm Who listen, says that? guys. I'm a millennial. Uh, <laughs> this is what I'm the last thing. Internet I'm gonna culture. Say. This is the last thing I'm going to say about this movie. This movie should be worse than it is. It really should be worse than it is. It should not work. It should not work. But I think it's a testament to how well Zemeckis directs it and how good this fucking cast is. Mm-hmm. This movie on paper sounds terrible. But it just is really like it really is funny. It's it's just well done. Mm-hmm. That's what I really appreciated. Yeah. On paper, this movie should be awful. In real life, this movie won an Academy Award. I mean, not for like story or no directing, no, 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 no. But, but visual effects. Yeah. Somehow, a, an aspect of this movie was so good. Oh, but I think it it should have like when Meryl's like head is spun all the way back, and you can like see her spine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really good work. That was really creepy. also. Didn't she say that she would never do another VFX heavy movie again? Yeah, like she, she got enough of it holding her head in place and trying to act. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, eventually she's going to age out of a, of roles that she'll be able to physically do. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, "Do you want to just have a scan your body and be in this fucking galaxy trek space?" Odyssey, and she'll be like, "Okay." In the not too okay. distant future, there's a movie called Galaxy Trek that's gonna. Trump I was trying to think of like a deep sci-fi franchise, but I couldn't think of anything. Okay, is that it? That's it. We did it. All right, we did it, guys. Thanks for joining us this week on the boot. I hope you enjoyed Death Becomes Her. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. And also check out this podcast next week for another Halloween special movie. Tell your friends. Please rate. Please subscribe. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts, really. You can find us on social media together at The Boot Podcast on Twitter and at Boot Podcast on Instagram. You can find us separately because Brian stole my boyfriend at Kenna Trent and at Flimby. James Marsden. You wish. I I mean, I I, wish. We all wish. (laughs) Okay, guys, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I see me, I see me, actress, woman, star, and lover, sister, sweetheart, slave, and mother. I like what I see. Virgin temptress, dream of others. Yes, it's me. Yes, it's me. And it is my opinion that our beloved Ernest is one man who will indeed live forever. Blah, 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 blah.